So, by way of review, to have my loins girt about with truth means that what holds me together at my core, the center of my strength, is my devotion to truth. And you remember we talked about what far-reaching implications it it has to be devoted to truth. You can't be strong against the devil and have a sympathy for lying. You can't let leave yourself room for being a liar, deceiver, and you also cannot be victorious if you're okay with error. You know, a lot of us like truth until it's not convenient to like truth. And then we welcome error in and we no longer are girt about with truth. And so to have your loins girt about with truth means that what holds me together at my core every day, a renewed devotion to truth, light. I do not tolerate error in my life. Secondly, to put on the breastplate of righteousness righteousness means that every day I go to the cross and I confirm again that I am dead with him so that he will live through me. You say, I'm... Pastor, I'm sorry, I just don't see that in there. Uh, The only way, remember last week we talked about imparted, I'm sorry, imputed righteousness, which you got when you got saved. That's your position in Christ. It's a done deal. But now you need the righteousness of Christ imparted to you for your daily condition. And the only way that happens is for you to return to the cross. Say, okay, this is where my sin died. You know, we understand, a lot of times people say, well, I don't, I don't understand that concept, go to the cross, all right? We understand going to places physically that remind us of how great things happened. I told you this morning about looking at the shore where the pilgrims came to shore and they bowed on their faces and, the, and bless the God of heaven. And we understand going back to that place and saying, man, this is where it all began. That's exactly what it means to go to the cross. Only you don't have a physical place to visit, but you go there in your heart. Hey, you went there to get saved. You know what that means? Now you got to go back there every day and say, oh, Lord, this is, this is where my salvation began at the cross. And this is where I died so that you can live through me. So today, again, I renew myself. I confirm today my sin nature is dead with you, that Christ may live through me. And that is putting on the breastplate of righteousness. And you keep in that condition all day through obedience by doing what you're supposed to do because he says to do it. All right, tonight. Verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, this protects your walk. If your gospel-sharing shoes are on, your walk will be right. Now, let's talk about what that means. Let's break that down. First of all, the word shod, I want you to notice that. Shod simply means wear your shoes, put your shoes on. 
This is in contrast to being barefoot. We don't, we're not, uh, we don't live in a culture where it's common for people just to be barefoot all the time. I mean, maybe at home you are, but I'm talking about uh, these folks in, in their culture, they'd walk down the street barefoot. They'd go to the store barefoot. There were no signs where they lived that said, uh, you know, no shoes, no service. They, everybody had no shoes. And so, in contrast to being barefoot, don't go around spiritually barefoot. If you give no thought to what keeps your walk right, then you're spiritually barefoot. But not only should you not be spiritually barefoot, but put on the appropriate shoes. Your shoes tell where you intend to go. You know, if you wear sneakers all the time, and then one day all of a sudden you come out wearing a pair of work boots, somebody in your house is going to say, where, where are you going? You're always wearing sneakers. you got work boots on. Where are you going? Or uh, if you wear, if you wear work, work boots all the time, and then one night you come out wearing a real nice pair of dress shoes, all polished, you, where are you going? Because your shoes gave the signal, you're going someplace different than where you usually go. And so put on the appropriate shoes, the ones appropriate to what you're going to be doing. Your feet shod. Let's talk about that word preparation. It doesn't mean prepare your shoes. Preparation is the shoe. Now get that. Preparation is the shoe. You're going into spiritual combat. So you want the shoes that are right, that are appropriate for spiritual combat. And the right shoes keep you walking right. Try climbing a ladder in ballet slippers. It's not going to work. But try dancing a ballet with work boots on. That's not going to work either. Your shoes keep you walking right. Now, we're going to break down what these shoes are about, but understand it is vital the spiritual shoes you put on. You can't go skipping into battle. You can't go waltzing into battle. You've got to put on the right shoes if you're going to be ready to fight in spiritual warfare every day. And the shoes of preparation will keep you walking right. Now, since you already know the direction that it's leaning, the preparation of the gospel of peace, you know it has something to do with sharing the gospel. So let me make this statement, since you already know that. The same shoes that keep you ready to share the gospel will also keep you close to the Lord and will keep you safe from Satan's attack. Can, can we all be honest with, with each other for a minute, or with ourselves? We all want, deep in our hearts, a victorious Christian life that doesn't make us witness to people, because that's the hardest part. If I could just have a victorious life where I don't have to witness to people. And what this is telling us is, oh, there's no such thing. 
you have to have those shoes of preparation of the gospel of peace. And this is a different mindset than maybe what you're used to on a daily basis. We might put on our gospel shoes at our scheduled time to go out and knock on doors. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about wearing the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace at work. Wearing the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace when you're just going out to walk the dog. Have your feet shot. If you want to be spiritually equipped, you've got to have the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace all the time. Let's look at the word gospel. We want to be prepared to give the gospel. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace is talking about constant preparedness to share the gospel. Let's face it. You're riding the Wednesday night soul-winning van. You got to get worked up for it. You got to get in the mindset. Okay, all right, here here we go. Got to talk to strangers. Got, got, oh, got to get my game face on. Okay, here we go. And by the way, that's not because you're some kind of a terrible Christian. Everybody, I've heard many different pastors say that exact, that exact thing. You go out, you got to get in a mindset. I remember hearing a pat. this is way, way, this is 25 years ago, hearing a pastor of a very successful church in Texas saying that, he, when he went out to knock doors, he would sit in his car and sit there and sit there and not get out until finally he had a trick that he played on himself. He would take his keys out of the ignition and throw them out the window. Then he'd have to get out of the car. He said, oh, I don't believe that. I'm, I'm saying, I, listen, when somebody, this is just me. When somebody is like anxious to get out there and knock doors and witness, I almost don't trust them. <laughs> that's not fair because there's some people that just love to do that. But, but that's not most of us. You've got to get in a mindset. But here's the thing. We've got to get into, in that mindset every day. Well, I'm not going to meet anybody today. Shut down. How do you know who the Lord's going to bring across your path? How do you know what door is going to open? And since you didn't even give it a thought this morning, you're either not going to have that encounter because God knows you're not ready, or you're going to meet that guy that somebody somewhere is diligently praying for, and you're going to be too chicken to talk to them. So, how do you put on those shoes of the preparation of the gospel? Well, first, you've got to know the gospel. Second, you've got to know how to present the gospel. And then you've got to have the gospel on your mind. You can't, you know, walk through your day singing 
I don't know. The, the, the name that's in my head, nobody would be singing. I don't know why Led Zeppelin came into my head. Where did that come from? That is sad. <laughs> when, when you preach, you look for examples, and you're like, oh, and, and uh, anyway. But whatever's in your head that you know ain't helping you none is not going to cause you to have on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel. So you got to know the gospel. you got to know how to present it. And you've got to have the gospel on your mind. And then you've got to walk in the spirit. You've got to walk in the spirit, first of all, so that you're spiritually prepared to share the gospel in case that opportunity comes up. And secondly, you've got to walk in the spirit so the spirit can say to you, hey, that guy over there, give him a track. If you're not walking in the spirit, you won't hear his voice. Would you say, hey, fine with me. I don't want to hear that. But someday it's going to matter to you when you get to heaven and you live such a selfish life that you never witness to anybody. The preparation of the gospel. Now, I love it that he calls it the gospel of peace. Get this. The preparation of the gospel of peace. So, your gospel, preparation of the gospel of peace shoes are carrying you into enemy territory. While Satan's making spiritual warfare with you, you're working to make peace through the gospel. Not with him, but with the people who are victimized by Satan. So you're working for peace. Satan's working to destroy you. And every time you share the gospel of peace, it just makes him matter. Which is all the more reason to keep your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. To have your gospel prep shoes on. Now listen carefully. Shoes alone won't keep you safe. I've known some people that thought as long as they're Witnessing winning souls, they're going to be fine. Oh, you still need that loins girt about with truth. You still need that breastplate of righteousness. But keeping your feet shod with the gospel of peace combined with the rest of your armor will keep you safe. I remember in, um, when I was in Bible college, they had a, a rule that you had to witness to somebody every week. And then every Monday in chapel, we got a piece of paper, and you had to fill out some information. It was called your activity report. You had to fill out some information about uh, various things, and one of them was, how many people did you witness to this week? You say, well, just, you know, if you didn't witness anybody, just lie. Well, lying in your activity report could get you expelled. So you didn't, you didn't go down that road if you had a brain in your head. No, you knew sometime this week. I've got a witness of somebody. You say, man, that's a lot of pressure. Oh, it is. But you know what they were teaching us? People who were training for the ministry to put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's what they were teaching us. And I went out. Now, sometimes I'd have the opportunity to witness at work, but most of the time, and by the way, praise the Lord, I'd have the opportunity to witness to coworkers and, and win coworkers to Christ. And I'm not, you know, some people are just great at getting that conversation started. 
There's a preacher of the last generation, Carl Hatch. That was, he was known for, he could take anything and turn it into a conversation about the gospel. One of my favorites was, he was on an elevator, and a guy got on and said, uh, wow, I like your cologne. What is that? Brother Hatch said, that's eternity. You want some? And went right into giving him the gospel. That is not me. I'll tell you what I am. An hour later, I'm like, oh, man, you know what I should have said to that guy? I, I, you know, going to bed at night and then say, uh, oh, Amy, you know what I should have told that guy today? That would have been great. I'd think of it later. That's not my gift, the quick-witted answer. But if you're, so I had the opportunity at work sometimes, and praise the Lord, I led coworkers to Christ sometimes. But most of the time, my way of fulfilling that obligation of making sure I witnessed to somebody was when I went to Chicago on Saturday and I'm visiting people that are uh, uh, riding the bus tomorrow. I'm trying to get them to ride the bus tomorrow. We call them regulars. These are the people that regularly ride the bus or you regularly visit them to get out to ride the bus. While I'm doing that, I'm watching for the opportunity. I'm watching for somebody to, to witness to. And I learned this mindset. Now, by the way, it's not all of a sudden now that's become a part of me. No, I still got to make myself be prepared to witness at any given time. Never forget, we had a hospital on our bus route. And so, and we, me and my uh, visiting partner this particular time, his name was Jeff. And uh, we parked in the same place every week. You know, I'm a creature of habit. We park in the same place, and we make the same orders, same visits in the same order, up one street, down the next, up one. We had people on every single block that rode our bus, and so we up and down and up and down. And then about halfway through the day, we'd go to that hospital because that's where the bathrooms were. And so we'd go, and we'd make our visit to the hospital. And then we'd, we'd come out. It was on Francisco Street. We came out of the um, Norwegian American Hospital was the name of it. And we just caught one. That, that was how you asked if someone needed to use the restaurant. Do you need to go to Norwegian? And so we, we came out of Norwegian. We crossed the street on the uh, 900 block of North Francisco. And across the street from the motel, uh, motel the hospital, there were some houses there. We were walking up the street towards our next visit, which was up and over a block. And there was an old man sitting on the front porch in a wheelchair. And I said, hey, how you doing? Kept walking. And the Spirit of God said, go witness to him. And I said to the Spirit of God, he's a Polak. He's not going to get saved. And you ever have the Spirit of God jab you in the chest? He said, go back and witness to him. And I, I promise you, that was 30 years ago. I was, I was, you know, 21 years old. And I can still see the crack in the sidewalk as if God was saying, do not step across that line. Turn around and go back. So I, I said, Jeff, we got to go back, talk to that guy. Jeff's like, okay. So we turn around, we walk back. I introduced myself. His name was Jimmy. He talked with a real gruff voice. And I thought, see, you know, anybody talks with a gruff voice, he's not getting saved. 
And uh, his name was Jim. Got talking to him, found out he had fought in World War II. He had fought, Brother Fred, in the Philippines with Douglas MacArthur. And all of a sudden, I wanted to talk to Jim. Oh, wow. And he's telling me about being in the military, and uh, he, uh, but he couldn't walk. He's in this wheelchair. We got all done. I said, Jim. And I knew he was going to say no. I mean, I just knew. But I said, Jim, when you die, would you like to be sure you're going to heaven? He said, yeah. Oh, okay. I said, um, you know, do you know, I pulled out my New Testament. You know, the Bible tells you how you can know. Would you like me to tell you? And this is where he was going to say no. He said, sure. I went through the Gospels, explained it thoroughly. And right there in his front porch, he trusted Christ as his Savior. We put him in our routine. I'm talking about when we came out of Norwegian every week. He, on a, on a sunny day, he'd be out there. So we would stop, pray with him, spend, spend a few minutes with him before we went to our next visit. He was never going to ride our bus. He was never going to come to church. But we had an opportunity to be a blessing to him. And I'll never forget the day. I could still see his brothers. We, we, we went a couple of weeks, and he wasn't out there. So we went up to the door and knocked, and a man came out and said he was Jim's brother. And he said, Jim passed away. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. We talked to the brother for a minute, and Jeff was with me again that day. I said, man, I'm sure glad we stopped that day, aren't you? He said, yeah, I am too. That was part of me learning feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Let, let me encourage you, and I'm, I'm all done, but let me encourage you. I am not, you know my personality, I am not the talk to everybody in an instant person. Maybe you are. If you are, God bless you. And by the way, if you are, use that gift for the Lord. I am not. If you're like me, and I think most of you are, it is always a chore, it is always a challenge, but it is always essential that we have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And here's what, here's what I find. When I specifically ask the Lord, show me somebody. Show me somebody, as Pastor Clark says, and we've sort of adopted this motto, we are looking for the person who's looking for God. Lord, show me somebody. When I ask him, and I mean it, he shows me somebody. How would our lives change if we would live our lives asking God to show us that person we're supposed to give the gospel to him? Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and with all of your other armor on, that keeps you strong. It keeps you safe. It keeps you safe. Man, I don't want to go into enemy territory. Satan will get me. Not if you're wearing your armor. He can't do a thing. He can't touch you. He can't touch you. Father, help us, please.